Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield as she attends the Sandhills Ranch Expo in Bassett. Be listening for reports on the Rural Radio Network as well on social media. Talking the trade today is Arlen Suderman, Chief Economist for Stonex. And Arlen, what a good day to talk the grain complex. A lot of sharp gains across the entire trade front. Uh, corn, soybeans, and wheat all having a very good day. I know we've uh, kind of extensively talked in other segments about the current crop conditions, U.S. weather patterns. But another critical piece of information out today was the uh, RVO, the Renewable Volumes Obligation from the EPA when it comes to biofuels. But it looks like that missed the mark. Arlen, what's your take, and does it have any impact on this market currently? Yeah, I think it's very appropriate we talk about this because uh, missed in all the focus on the supply concerns because the weather has been a weak demand a weak export demand has been the primary focus, although with ethanol, we've been seeing weak demand there as well. And we may actually see USDA cut its export and ethanol demand use for corn in the July crop report um, some more when we come up next month. But the focus has all been about weather and the supply threats that that might present if we push yields down with this dry weather that's across much of the Midwest, but especially the central part of the Midwest. And now that we're finally getting some rains in east central Nebraska, where it had been almost one of the driest spots in the country for quite some time. Um, But uh, that's been the focus. But demand continues to be a problem, and primarily, like I said, on the export front, but also on the ethanol front. But this morning's RVO requirements simply add to that concern. And what this is, is the EPA sets up guidelines uh, for uh, producing RINs or renewable identification numbers for each unit of renewable fuel or biofuel that is produced. And this is part of the renewable fuel program that Congress passed, um, what, some 15 years ago or so. Um, and uh, it, EPA came out with their proposal for 2023, 2024, and 2025 earlier this year, and the, the biofuel industry was very upset at the time because particularly its requirements for advanced biofuels, which would include renewable diesel, biodiesel, but particularly renewable diesel, sustainable aviation fuel, were disappointingly low. In other words, their projections or requirements for 2025 were basically where we're at already now as an industry. And so a lot of comments came in during the comment period, and by court order, they were supposed to release their final RVO requirements a week ago today. And then at the last minute, they got another one-week extension from the court to give them until today. And it was widely believed in the industry that that extra week was for the EPA to have some time to support stronger uses of those advanced biofuels that use soy oil and other edible oils, providing more support for for ethanol and for the soy oil markets. That did not happen. Ethanol was maintained fairly flat production over the next few years, not the type of increases they had hoped for. Biodiesel, renewable diesel, the advanced biofuels uh, in particular, 
were increased slightly, but not much difference at all. So it was a big disappointment. Bloomberg first broke the story this was going to be the case yesterday, and we saw soy oil prices fall as a result. And then this morning when the EPA actually did release their numbers, soy oil quickly opened up the daily limit lower after this morning's pause and sat there through the day. Um, and uh, that just reflects the disappointment in the industry. If we put it in perspective, uh, Stonex is very involved in this industry all the way from one end of the, of the industry all the up to the other, from producer to end user. We're very involved in that. Our projections that we make going five years out have been basically based on new plants coming online for both crush of soybeans as well as for producing renewable diesel that we had a high degree of confidence in. There were other additional plants that we expected to come online, but we didn't have a high enough confidence level to include them in our projections. With these new numbers, we have only made very slight reductions in our estimates in the amount of soy oil that will be um, demanded here over the next five years. Um, but that means that some of those plants that we thought could possibly be coming on will not be. They either will be canceled or they'll be delayed. In the end, though, we anticipate the market will settle down and we'll still see production exceed what the EPA standards are, but it's going to be a disappointment because it could have been so much more. So that's from the RVO projections on that, Arlen. What about what do we need in the general marketplace to just make this advantageous for refineries? Is this something where we need more expensive crude, cheaper crude? Where can the market help direct a little bit more of this demand on the refinery side? Well, ultimately, we're going to see the production because we're still moving in the direction the demand is there. We still have states that are requiring the production of it and subsidizing the production. This is a federal level. This is not state. States are supporting it. We still have sustainable aviation uh, demand, fuel demand because of countries like Europe uh, and regions are still requiring it in jet fuel. So that's still moving forward just without the support of the federal government, which makes it a little bit more difficult for the industry. And again, as Arlen Suderman, Chief Economist for Stonex. Don't go anywhere, though, because Fontenelle Final Bell is just getting warmed up. We've got a lot more to discuss, especially with the world's two largest economies continue to jostle back and forth. There's new developments on the China front, and Stonex has the information on it. We'll talk about it and more when we come back with the Fontenelle Final Bell. As you've probably heard, there will be some changes coming for Fontenelle Hybrids. Bear Crop Science has announced Fontenelle will be joining 10 Bear Seed brands to launch the new Enhanced Channel Seed brand. You'll get the same excellent products and service you come to expect from Fontenelle, along with expanded product offerings and increased agronomy support. You'll still be able to purchase your trusted Fontenelle products for 2024, and rest assured we'll work hard to continue to earn your business through this transition. Read and follow pesticide label directions, green marketing, and other stewardship practices. Fontenelle and Channel are trademarks of Bear Group. 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Again, Clay Patton in for Susan Littlefield as we're talking with Arlen Suderman, Chief Economist for Stonex. And Arlen, I want to continue the theme we started in the first segment, and that's focusing on the demand side of this market. We can talk all day about different weather patterns and its potential impact to the market, uh, but with this weather market setting up, we're focused on supply. So what's happening in the background at the demand side of the equation? It looks like with the data we can see that China China is doing their best to try and stockpile ahead of the new crop here in the U.S. Uh, with cheap Brazilian soybeans. Uh, what's your thoughts? Can they get enough to try and bypass the U.S. and wait for next year's crop in South America, or are they still going to have to come here to the U.S.? Well, they're still going to have to come here to the U.S., but for smaller quantities than what a lot of people are going to expect, or smaller quantities than in the past. And I'll give you an example. Um, during the month of May, they took in 12 million metric tons of soybeans. They crushed about eight to eight and a half million metric tons of soybeans. So what'd they do with the extra? They stuffed it aside in their reserves to hold on for later. They're crushing very actively right now. They're crushing about 2.14, 2.16 million metric tons per week. That exceeds what they need for the feed industry right now. The feed demand is increasing some, but it's not that high. And so their soy mill supplies are building up. They've seen a sharp increase in soy mill supplies in recent weeks. Uh, they're still not where they were a year ago, so it can still go higher. But basically, they're building up inventories of soy meal, and they're increasing the, their inventories of soybeans. And basically, what we're anticipating, based on loadings that are already scheduled from Brazil or already on the water, for delivery in June, July, and August, which completes our soybean marketing year, is throughout the summer, they're going to add another 10 million metric tons of soybeans to that. So overall, they're going to have at least 12 million metric tons of soybeans that are coming into their ports in excess of what they crush for this period of time of May, June, July, and August. Now, that is about 440 million bushels of soybeans. And so if you consider 12 million metric tons of soybeans, last year they imported from us about 30 million metric tons of soybeans. So they've taken a big chunk out of what they have to buy from us then in the fall of the year when they'll have the surplus soybeans they can be drawing from in addition to buy from us. And that helps close the gap or help they can buy less from us while still buying even they could still be buying some from brazil but using up these reserves and then they know that come january into february they'll have new crop supplies from brazil once again so that can be a big disappointment to our export program as we go forward this fall and a concern that we certainly have that usda's export target is too low although in this case i think their crush target excuse me, the export target's too high, and I think their crush target is too low. So that'll offset to some extent, but I still have higher stocks than USDA does by about 50 million bushels. That's going to be something that's going to be really close to keep an eye on. Uh, Arlen, you've alluded to in some commentary earlier today that China's also uh, taking over a former USSR listing post in Cuba. Uh, is there anything from a political side of the arena that could have any impact here to the commodity trade with the U.S. and China tensions just seeming to ever escalate? 
Yeah, they really are escalating. And so this is part of the concern. And, and you ask, why is China buying up surplus soybeans now? Why don't they wait for cheaper U.S. beans this fall? Part of the reason is the cheaper dollar, I mean, the expensive dollar relative to the BRL in Brazil, which makes Brazilian soybeans cheaper, yes. But the big part of it is, which we've had confirmed in our discussions with their buyers, is China's desire to diversify away from the United States because of the high tensions that were there. A lot of those increased tensions have been focused around Taiwan uh, and things that have happened by the United States to support Taiwan's independence. Now, some of those tensions eased earlier this week when Secretary of State Antony Blinken went to China and told leadership there, told President Xi Jinping, that the United States did not support independence for Taiwan. Um, This is kind of the schizophrenic policy the United States has had for decades of supporting Taiwan, but yet officially saying we don't support their independence. But that helps cool tensions a little bit with China. But then within about a day after Blinken returns to the United States, um, President Biden speaking at a dinner calls Xi Jinping, President Xi Jinping of China, a dictator more than once in his comments. And that really angered the Chinese again and basically gives a schizophrenic opinion of our policies, our foreign policies, so they don't know what to trust. So the tensions remain high. And again, as Arlen Suderman with StoneX, you can always follow along Arlen on Twitter to see in the latest what he's looking at and the areas he's focusing on. Do remember that trading futures and options involve risk of loss may not be suitable for all investors. Do consider these risks before investing. And thank you to Fontenelle Hybrids for their continuing support at the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.